Your source for cruise news and planning. From Royal to Disney, this is Rope Drop on Deck. Welcome to another Rope Drop on Deck. I am Doug McKnight, and I'm here with Michelle McKnight. Michelle, it's been a heck of a week, hasn't it? It is. We just got back from Disney World. Yes, we were at Disney World Sunday through Wednesday, and then Thursday we were here all day, and we went car shopping. That was a thing. Yes, our soon-to-be 16-year-old thinks they need a car, so... Kids. And then Doug went on another plane ride. Yes, so then Friday, after a cross-country meet and a high school football game slash marching band, then I flew to Seattle for my brother's wedding. Congratulations to Greg and Camden. And then I flew back, and here we are recording Rope Drop on Deck. You know what I saw while in Seattle? The gum wall? The gum wall, yes. I tried to get my niece to lick it. She would not even go into the alley of the gum wall. Nothing says Seattle like a wall covered in chewing gum. No, I saw the Norwegian uh, Bliss from a distance, right? The Bliss? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the port in Seattle is right there by the market. Like, uh, there was all kinds of people just kind of roaming around the market with their luggage. Like, they got off, they walked over before they headed back to the airport. That's not a bad place. We should cruise out of there someday. Probably should. We probably should. We've been out of Vancouver. We just need to hit up Seattle. Anywho, that was our week. Hopefully you guys all had great weeks too. On to the show though. We're talking multi-generational sailings this week. I'm excited because we have had some great experiences and some tips and tricks maybe. Sure, we can try. We can try. All right, but first... Apple Podcast Reviews. We do not have a new five-star review to leave. So if you want to leave us a five-star review, we will read it on air, and then I won't cry myself to sleep at night. What? She's just shaking her head at me. You, they can't hear that, Michelle. They can't hear that. All right. So we will get to everyone's favorite part of the show, the word of the day. The word today is transfer. So when I say we got our transfers lined up. What does that mean? So, like, Webster doesn't really have that definition. No, because this is a unique definition, right? I mean, honestly, it's, you know, getting from point A to point B anywhere. Oh. So Technically, you know, like, that's it. I mean, that's, that's not the exact definition. But anyway, here is a cruise definition. Um, going from point A to point B as part of cruise travel could be the bus ride from the airport to your cruise ship or from the ship to a hotel booked for a post-cruise stay. Independent travelers can ask about paying extra for the ship-sponsored transfers, although it's often more convenient to use a ride-hailing app such as Uber or Lyft or take a taxi or a car service. All options. Yes. They They covered them all there in that definition. Yes. Do you have a certain preference? Or does it depend? Is this one of those, it depends? It does. It really depends. Yes. yes. So, I mean, we've, we've done, we've, we've, we've done, done almost them all. We, yeah. We, yeah, as, as adults, we've taken Uber or Lyft, but not with the kids. Not with the kids. Because getting all of our luggage in. We have, actually, we did actually in, in New, New York, York City. Two Never mind. the cruise, we did Uber. Yes, we've um, done them all. Yeah, we've done cabs. We've done ride, um, like transfers with the cruise line yep. uh, we've done preset companies we even did a taxi once yeah we've rented yeah. a car and parked it we've done everything but drive ourselves yeah i'm not driving cruise. from 
I guess maybe if we went out of Galveston, maybe sometime, but I still There's doubt still it. There's still airplanes that fly to Houston. Yeah. Sorry, Galveston, we're not driving to you. So there you go. That was a good one, I think. Transfer. All right. Now time for some cruise news brought to you by backtothemouse.com. Please go click on over to backtothemouse.com and check out some of the posts that he has there. He spent some time at Disney World with us. We were with Joe and Nancy of backtothemouse.com. Had a great time with them. Uh, we got to chat cruising while cruising around the ports. Sadly, the closest we got to a cruise was Grand Fiesta Tour, and it's a small world. Yep. I was closer to a cruise in Seattle because I actually saw a ship. You did. I did not see it sail away. I just missed it um, from the wedding venue. We were on the 40th floor, and we could see the harbor and the sound. And I missed it sailing away. I saw a lot of ferries come and go, but I, I wasn't paying close enough attention. I missed it. Anywho. All right. One news item of note this week to discuss. Royal Caribbean reveals its first adults-only private island escape. So they are adding something to Perfect Day at Coco Cay that's just for adults, 18+, plus, and it's called Hideaway Beach. Does that sound right? Did I get it all? And it's supposed to open in January of 2024, along with the inaugural sailing of Icon? Yep, Icon of the Seas. So, um, it has pools, it has 10 cabanas, it has beach, it has overwater hammocks, it, it has everything, two, two or three bars, and it has a pizza restaurant, and it has a snack shack as well. And the snack shack offerings look the same as the other snack shacks if you're familiar with snack shacks it's mozzarella sticks and burgers and chicken sandwiches and funnel cake for some reason just all the health food at the snack shack it's perfect so it's you know they haven't done an adult only area before which kind of surprises me oh that thing said 20 cabanas i must be off by 10 i'm sorry one place it said 10 one place it said 20 so now there's really something for everyone at Perfect Day Coco K. Do you think you'd want to stay in this area? I mean, look at that. It's, your cabana goes right into a pool, Michelle. I prefer cabanas that are a little more private. And, like, people can, like, literally see in from the water there. So, no. Maybe the idea of this is more to be seen. Probably. Yeah. The cabanas come with all the amenities that a lot of the other cabanas come with, like mini fridges and outlets. And but maybe those adults will take those and then leave the other cabanas. Maybe. Families, so maybe so. this will help free up some other cabanas, like the Chill Island and those other things. Um, but it looks fantastic. It's on the northwest side of the island, if that means anything to anyone. It doesn't probably to Michelle, but I'll say it anyway. So... Price-wise, it's not free. You can't just go. Like, Disney has an adult-only area on their private island. That's just free. This adult-only area, rates vary depending on how many people are in port that day. From $45 to $75 per person. So, there you go. But that's not the cost for the cabana. Um, no. No. I don't know what that would be. A couple couple thousand a thousand five hundred two hundred usually the over the water cabanas on coco k are not 
they're they're like sometimes they can be about two thousand. Okay. So I I doubt those would be because it's not over the water. It's just swim up pool. Yeah. And you get a float for the pool. I don't know. Be interesting. If you have a cruise booked, I know I have a couple clients, a couple friends. Um, yeah, let me know what you saw for pricing for that. I I don't have a cruise in 2024 that I can look at for Coco. So. Uh oh. Yeah. It and it says it's booking up. So if this is something that appeals to you you better log on and get yourself your pass to the adult only area the overwater um hammocks looks interesting as well there's like little huts over tables and it just it's a weird little thing but it's a thing so there you go that's the news brought to you by back to the mouse.com all right on to our topic today we're going to talk about multi-generational sailing we've We've hinted at this. We've said a few things about it, but it's something that you can love or hate or love to hate. Um, I think we've done it several times and we do love it. So, Michelle, do you see this a lot when you're booking cruises for people? Yeah, there's there's lots of lots of multi-generational families sailing together. All right. So how many times have we done multi-generational sailing? Four. Yeah, we've done um, two cruises with my parents and my siblings. And then one of those had my grandfather on it. So we had four generations on a cruise ship once on the Disney Magic. Um, Before that, it was three generations on the Disney Dream. And then we have cruised with your mother in Alaska, right? So we had three generations there. And then we have one coming up again with your mother. Yep, on the allure of the seas and over Thanksgiving. Am I missing any? I mean, we went with your sister. I know it's not oh, yeah, generational, yeah. but it's multifamily. So, yeah, we did my sister and my niece um, last year in Greece. So that's how we get to the four, soon to be five. So lots of things that we love about it. That's why we've done it more than once or twice. So let's talk about some of the pros of it. And as we do that, we'll share some of the stories of how that makes sense and how that falls in line. So first off, Michelle, it just makes for great family time, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's there's dinners, there's activities, there's, you know, just sitting around the pool. I mean, however your family wants to do it, but, I mean, you're all on the same ship. Yeah, I think... It's like staying at the same hotel. Yeah, It, it lends itself to a lot of family time, a lot of good memories, one thing I will say, when my grandfather went, he was the oldest person on the ship, got treated like royalty, and it was one of the last big things he was able to do. And so those memories that we made on that cruise are pretty priceless to me. You know, we were able to snag a cabana at Castaway, so that was great for him. He could sit in there in the shade and chill, and the kids could run around on the beach and go back and forth and... It was, uh, it just, it made for some good, good memories. Just being able to experience that together, get that family picture on the beach in the Bahamas. Um, this is kind of a priceless thing. So let's talk about the next thing. There's just lots of things to do for lots of ages. And why is that such an important thing for multi-generational cruising? Well, I feel like 
I mean, everybody wants something that they can look forward to or something that they can do. So just having lots of different activities. Um, and actually the shows, I mean, they're good for all ages. So, I mean, you could just things that you can do together and trivia and, I don't know, swimming. Yeah, there's lots of options. And, like, one thing I like about a cruise compared to a land vacation, if you're going to do multi-generational, like, say you're somewhere and, like, people want to go to the museum, tend, everybody goes to the museum, right? It's a lot harder to split up on land because you're not all, like, it's not all in your hotel. Basically, you're in your floating hotel. So if, like, grandma wants to take the grandkids to anyone can cook, it's very easy for her to do that. They just kind of meet at the venue at the time and poof, they're there. Where on land, it's, I mean, you're talking about Ubers or transportation and things like that to get to activities where cruising like a sea day, you're just bouncing around, you pick and choose what you want to do. Not everybody has to do it together, I think is the key, but you can do things together and separate all at the same time. Does that make sense? Does that make any sense there? You're going to say no. I, yeah, you're just talking in circles. I like circles. So not everybody has to go to the pool either. If someone wants to go to the pool, uh, there's more things to do. You know, it, like a land vacation, it's like everybody goes to the beach. Everybody does. Like you're together all the time, I feel, on a land vacation where a cruise you can divide and conquer. So any other things to say about entertainment, Michelle? Well, I mean, it's not necessarily like all together or whatnot but you know if the adults want to go to um an adult only area the cruise lines that we talk about have um have child care on board obviously yeah, like kids the kids clubs. clubs yeah so and they're, they're going to entertain the kids and you know it's not just sitting them in front of a tv like sometimes a babysitter will come to yeah you know like a disney resort or you could hire that out um but they're gonna like this is entertaining and you know the kids kids enjoy it yeah it's not like you shouldn't feel bad about having your kids go to the kids club so on our first multi-generational sailing which was also our kids very first cruise i remember at dinner the second night my dad was asking claire who would have been four or five at the time four, four you know what did you do this afternoon in the kids club and claire was like i colored wait no i colored tiana or i colored with tiana right no, I colored with Tinkerbell. That is what she said. I colored with Tinkerbell. And then she pulls out the paper and shows him, and it's pictures of Tiana. And he's like, oh, you mean you colored Tiana? No, I colored with Tinkerbell, but we colored Tiana. She didn't want to color Tiana, but I made her. Like, Tinkerbell wanted to color Tinkerbell. And Claire is stubborn, still to this day, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And she forced Tiana to, or Tinkerbell to color Tiana. So and it was it was a fun interaction watching Claire explain this to my father. And then five minutes later, Claire was asleep at dinner. <laughs> she, I think she fell asleep at dinner every night on that cruise because she partied hard for her little four-year-old self. So, all right. Um, here's another thing that I like about multi-generational sailing and cruising is... It works for all different mobility levels. Um, you know, as you get older, you can't run quite as fast as the younger kids to keep up. But here's the thing. You're always, at most, a ship length away from something. You know, you go to the elevators, you go up, you, you're there. 
There's no, that's four blocks down the road type of stuff. There's no trying to navigate a map, really. I mean, you do have to figure out your way around the ship. But it's nothing like meeting up for dinner two blocks down the street, around the corner, up some stairs. Especially for, like, my mother, who is not a sprinter. Do you have anything else to add about the the mobility issues and how cruising might be a little more beneficial? Yeah, so my mom, when we went to Alaska and sailed on the Disney Wonder... She actually was waiting to have two knee replacement surgeries. She did not tell us this before we went. Yeah, and she, I, she did. She didn't tell <laughs> us before really. we booked it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or like when we did final payment. But um, she actually had them scheduled for like a month and like two months after. So to get both knees replaced. And we kind of like were like, no, you know, it can't be that bad, right? Because we'd done things with her and we'd see her all the time. But yeah, getting around the ship, even this, even a small ship like the Wonder was still a challenge, but um, she knew she couldn't do the Disney parks. So being able to be on a, a ship and still see like the Disney magic, not the ship, the, the, magic. the magic of Disney, you know, up close and see the kids with characters and experience Disney that way was great. Like she could, she could not have done the parks. We're going to do the parks here in Can't wait. a couple months. And uh, that will be way different than the cruise ship. But she also knows she's not going to do. Right. And she's had two knee replacements she's as well. She's part bionic. So. She'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but I'll, I'll second the elevator. You know, it's like the elevators take you everywhere. Like you don't have to, you don't have to do any steps if you don't want to. Right. Like even for the fire drill, like fire drill, sorry. The um, muster. Muster drill. Well, wow. the only cruise line that matters on is Disney. No. Oh, who else is not virtual? Someone. Okay. Okay, fine. Most of them are virtual. But, I mean, even like Claire and Sam, when Claire had a knee problem, she could take the elevator up after mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, the elevators are clogged, but they try to save them behind the scenes for, for... people that need them. So, yeah. yeah. It, it is a lot easier. Like, so when we were in Alaska, I think your mom did a lot better with the cruise portion of the vacation Compared to the days in Seattle and Vancouver before we got on the ship. Walking around Seattle, I think, did her in for the whole week. Yeah, and Ketchikan too. I mean, but it was also 90 degrees that day, so. In Ketchikan? Yeah. Yeah, that didn't help either. So, there you go. One other random thing to think about. All right. What about family game shows? Michelle, we've played a few of these. Yeah, these are fun. Like, you know, how well do you know your family? Things like that where... Like they they say like um, like say Alden and I did it you know who's your who's your mom's favorite character you know things like that like it's fun and funny and yeah we still talk about it mm-hmm. we do and it's even more fun with other generations because it gets wackier zanier yeah if you will so all right um, here's another neat thing about traveling with extended family inclusive pricing like you've already paid for things the bill gets divvied up automatically so you're done with dinner nobody has to alligator arm the old bill and then like venmo you back money and it eliminates all that right yeah i mean most of most of it's paid for you still have yeah, some the, things. Out, the bar tab right yeah but you usually get billed by the room so they're not usually bringing you a ticket for the whole table. They're right. they're bringing you a per stateroom. So it's still a lot easier 
And that's even a thing with friends. Like you're cruising with friends. You know, you don't get the server that at the end of the night's like, oh, how would you like your ticket? Because I want to put all eight of you on one. But if you really need me to. Like they give you that guilt trip for asking them to divide it. You don't have that on a cruise, do you? No, that's kind of a strange little. Yeah, but it's nice. I was thinking more like inclusive pricing. Like you, like you don't have to worry about anything on board, like in the parks. Like I wasn't. Oh yeah. Necessarily okay. talking about. I was thinking alligator arms. You're thinking parks. <sighs> Apparently. Maybe it's because I have alligator arms when we go out. You can't shake your head on radio. They can't hear that. Well, like, I don't know, grandparents might be more willing to pay for something on a cruise for you because they're not having to pay for dinner. I mean, right. technically you're paying for dinner anyway, you, but you paid for you it a pay long for time your ago. Own. Yeah, way in advance. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a good thing. And it takes the worry of, especially if you have family members that are kind of at different places financially, it takes a lot of the stress of where are we going to eat tonight? How expensive is this restaurant going to be? Out of it for some family members. And on the other end of the spectrum... You have family people like, boy, I'd really like to go to this restaurant in Miami tonight, but I know that Jim doesn't want to, right? Because the cruise line's telling you where to eat, especially if you just do like main dining, you know, it's very simple. Yeah. I have a lot of grandparents um, that pay for their, like it, it would be like for like a holiday or a birthday or, you know, a, a celebration, like um, a, so fi- grandparents a 50th, hit- 50th wedding anniversary, you know, um, might pay for the the younger kids to go on the cruise with them so it's nice just to have everything taken care of um i also have people that like grandparents that pay for the kids to go on a cruise and they don't go with them so that's also nice to already have that paid for Mm -hmm. so i know that's not necessarily multi-gen but it's in the realm of this topic yeah all right let's talk about a few negatives of cruising with multi-generational family trips first negative is you're cruising with your family potentially depending on your family (laughs) but but even this is not necessarily a negative because you can still go other places without your family right there's lots of spaces on board that's the neat thing about you just have to duck out of your room before they get up in the morning and don't (laughs) be found i don't know like if if you've had too much family then you know there are ways to avoid the family on board yeah i think First, One, sail on an Oasis-class ship. Oh, right? That's big. Or Icon. So are we yeah. even going to see your mother on the allure? She has a room with the kids, so yes. So the kids will see her. <laughs> right next door to us. She could never... I don't think she'll be able to find me if she doesn't want like work hard enough at it. I don't think she'll want to find you. No, she won't be caring. She'll be concerned about the kids. She'll be, she'll be overly concerned about where the girls are at the whole time. She'll want to spend every minute with them. Won't she? maybe or with you i don't think so yeah so lots of family but you can just say we'll see you at dinner and that is technically a rule for our kids they have to eat dinner with us so yep no matter who we cruise with yeah see you at dinner um and then typically we go to the show afterwards that's not a rule for the kids but when we've cruised multi-generational we've all gone to the show together not everybody more or less my brother usually didn't, but or did he? Fifty fifty. I can't remember. But last summer with my sister, we did. I think we went to the show. My Alden didn't go, but I believe my sister did. So there you go. All right. 
Um, one negative is cruising. You have to pick an exact date. So you, you vacation on land, like say grandma and grandpa could just be at Disney world for a week and everybody could come for, I'm going to be there these three days. And another family member is going to be there those four days. And another one's going to be for five days to where everybody overlaps for like one day for sure. But you have people kind of coming and going, right? There's no coming and going on a cruise ship. Is there? For ninety nine percent of them, no. What ninety nine percent? Now, what what is this one percent you speak of? I'm intrigued. So, I did have a multi generational family go and celebrate an anniversary, and um, one of the family members had to fly back for work, so they actually got off in Puerto Rico and flew back. Fascinating. So, did it cost more or less or the same? The same. But okay. they did. You do have to notify the cruise line ahead of time. Well, yeah, and there I are think steps so. To take so, so I mean, yes and no. I don't <laughs> recommend it, but I mean that was the only way that she could cruise. So that was that was a way. And of all places to fly home from, Puerto Rico is not a bad option, right? Because there's a lot more flights from Puerto Rico compared to a lot of the other islands. Yeah. So, so I just want to say never, never say never. But but for the most part, it's yes, very different. Ninety nine point nine percent. Like, yes. I have an uncle that will get, like, a vacation house for, like, two-week span and see his three children at various points. They may never even overlap. Like, that doesn't work for a cruise. Right. So, cruise, you got to pick the day and go with it. Um, all right. What about excursions that are for everyone or aren't for everyone? How does that cause some negativities with excursions? Well, like earlier we said, you know, they don't have to do everything together, right? You yeah. can pick your own excursions, but some people want to stay together they the think whole that time. They think you've got to like lockstep. So if you have people younger than, I don't know, say if you have like a five-year-old, they're not going to be able to do everything that like say a 12-year-old can do. No. Lots of times Disney marks it at like 10, 10 or 11 even. Mm -hmm. You can only do these things and then everyone else can do these things. So, I mean, that's not that... That's going to upset some people if, you know, like the 12-year-old can't be adventurous because this the 5-year-old's holding them back. So we would say, you know, do different we'll things. do this and you do that, like, and then come back for dinner. But, yeah. but that could be a negative. Like, it's going to be hard to please everyone if you want to be together. Especially if, like, grandma's paying for everything and grandma says we all need to do the same thing. Yeah. Then you're doing a lot of city tours. <laughs> Maybe grandma can zip line. Well, what if there's a two-year-old, though? Yeah. Or a three-year-old. That that's It's usually the little kids that hold you back the most. The six and under crew. And there's still fun things to do with them, mm -hmm. right? Like, we, we cruised when our kids were little. Like we said Claire was four. But there's just different things that the older kids... Could do. Yeah. Like, I mean, now we could do all the kayaking, all that stuff. Because a lot of the ages are 12. So Claire's finally old enough and by the time we She's waited almost for 14 almost yeah mm -hmm. well we we wouldn't have been able actually dun river falls did not have a high enough age limit first of all yeah like we've always thought disney cruise lines age limits were too high and then dun river falls was i don't know what it was but some of those kids like i don't think they were tall enough to make the step up sometimes i saw some people carrying their kids and i was like oh. that was hard enough walking up on yeah. my own let alone carrying a child i yeah. can't imagine so watch those agents even the float planes in alaska have age limits 
So that is a, a good kind of tip to be aware of is if you're going to have a wide span of ages of kids, be ready to break up and go different routes. All right, Michelle, what tips do you have for people that are looking at booking a multi-generational trip? Well, first, really narrow down the dates that everybody can go. Like, that's a conversation that you have to have on your own before you really come to a travel agent. You mean you don't want to do that for them? I cannot play, you know, the, the middle person. There are, you know, if you can get it narrowed down to like, say, a week or two weeks, and then, you know, then you look for the cruise and find what's what's going to be best for you, you know, that works. But, you know, if, if Sally can only go in January and Molly can only go in May, mm. I mean, you really, you're going to have to figure that out on your Someone own. Someone has to budge and yeah. you end up in November, right? Right. Right. So, so that's, I mean, the first tip. And then the second tip is to, you know, I guess keep your expectations in check. Like if you want to spend every every moment together and you think your rooms need to be right next to each other, it's it's actually hard with some cruise lines to do that. So so know that, you know, if you have two people in one room and three people in another room and four people in another room, you might not all be able to be in a row. Because of the category on, types, on right? On certain ships. Yeah. Disney, you can most likely do it as long as you book early enough. What about Royal? Royal is so tricky, but yeah. lots of good travel agents can figure that out for you. So don't always think that connecting balcony is the only way, the CB category is the only way that you can get a connecting balcony. I proved a couple clients that I do know what I'm talking about recently. And so, I mean, a good travel agent will know what they're talking about there. Um, and Norwegian, Norwegian, the same thing. It's a little bit more like Disney, but it still does have different categories that aren't next to each other. So... Um, so, so your expectations there, just, you know, keep them in check as you're trying to book. Well, if you have a big multi-generational family booking and they want to be by each other, but you have say four different families that all kind of want different price points, does that make it challenging too? Because some are going to be lower decks, some are going to be higher decks. Is that yeah. Like, yeah, hard like, to explain to grandma? It is. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, just keep that expectation expectation in check. Like Ocean View, most likely is not going to be right next to a balcony. There are a couple exceptions, but lots of Ocean Views are on deck two or three. And lots of your balconies are going to be on six, seven, eight, you know, and higher. So just, just know that different categories are in different areas of the ship. And, you know, when we cruised with my sister, we were going to be right across the hall from her. But our room... I don't know, had elves or something, and it had a mechanical issue. They never told us what was wrong no, with it. No, they just said it was, like, under construction. Yeah. So something was wrong with the room. So we ended up on, like, deck seven, and it was fine. We weren't across the hall. Um, I mean, it was nine nights. I think if we were across the hall, my sister would have been very tired of me. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, the little bit of space was probably fine. It worked out. We managed. Yeah. And I'll say, too, for the grandparents or even parents, it's okay to have your kids. If they want to go to the kids' club, let them go to the kids' club. You know, just set expectations. Like, you know, you're going to come to dinner with us every night or, you know, or we're all going to do this in the morning or something like that. Because some kids want us to go to the kids' club and stay in there all day. It is their vacation, too. Yeah. So, and then it also gives you time. I know you want to, you know, it's your vacation. You want to do everything with them, but... Just, I would say, let them let them go for a while. Give That's them a couple hours I here and say. there. 
Yeah, and if they don't want to go to the kids' club, have them try anyway. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a few times before they actually, you know, find a, the exact thing that they want to do. So I would say Claire, I mean, yes, while she enjoyed it, she really found that she liked the drawing room where you it's like lighted underneath and then um, like you a stencil on top and you trace it. Like we came home with like 40 or 50 oh tracings. Gosh. Like that was her thing. Like that's what she wanted to do. So. And I wonder how long Tinkerbell sat there with her doing it. Yeah. The one cruise. <laughs> Sounded and, like a while. And I think we've said this before, but also keep your reality in check with pools on board. The ship is only so big and the pool deck is only so big. So like on a sea day, there's going to be, you know, a ton of people at the pool. So don't promise mm. your kids a pool every day. Yeah, don't don't go to a cruise thinking you're going to swim every day. Because there's a lot to do. I think you're missing out on a lot of what a cruise has to offer if that's all you're doing is sitting by the pool. Grant, you can. Yeah. If you get there early, you get a good spot. Right. But... I mean, depending on where you're cruising to, you know, that may impact it. So, all right. Um, so any tips on what cruise lines might be best for multi-generational sailing? I know we've we've done Disney with it, but what other ones do you think would be ideal? Yeah, Disney is, is very high on the list. Royal Caribbean, just so much stuff to do on board, so many different types of rooms. Um, and then also Norwegian. Those are the three ones that we talk about a lot. I Celebrity, there are some multi-gen trips that it could work for, but... I feel for the kids. I mean, the kids are still fun. It's just there's not quite as many activities geared towards kids on board. Like, there's not going to be usually the rock climbing wall or... Flow rider. Yeah, so... <laughs> water slides. Are there water slides on any of them? I can't even... The Edge didn't have any. The Edge does have a giant pool. But it doesn't have slides. It's just a giant pool. Yeah. So those are the three main ones that I would say multi-gen trips work for. Um, yeah, I think so. I think that you summed it up very nicely. I think that's a good overview of multi-generational sailing. We've done it. We will do it again. Well, very shortly we will do it again. So hopefully um, we can take some of our own advice into our next cruise, Michelle. <laughs> our own advice? Yeah. Sometimes people don't listen to themselves. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. So uh, thank you for listening to Rope Drop on Deck. Please find us online at Rope Drop on Deck on all the things except... No TikTok. No, no TikTok. We should put Alden in charge. That would be weird. Sorry, guys. All right. And if you're looking to book a multi-generational cruise or you want to just get away from your family... Email Michelle at Michelle at TouringPlans.com. So send her an email at Michelle at TouringPlans.com, and she'll get you all taken care of. Well, that is all the time we have for today. So for Michelle, I'm Doug. This has been another Rope Drop on Deck. <laughs>